Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. A spiritual home for so many in our nation's capital. The Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Join Boyd Matheson as he hosts lawmakers, Washington VIPs, and members of the church. This week, special broadcasts of Inside Sources, live from the open house of the D.C. Temple. We are broadcasting live from our nation's capital this week. And if you think the only place to talk about faith is at the Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is time to think again. There are a host of issues that are coming out on immigration and faith in the public square, especially as it relates to prayer. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. As we said, there are a host of things uh, before the Supreme Court as we come down the home stretch. These will be the, the last uh, cases that uh, Justice Breyer will hear before he retires. And just Justice uh, Jackson will take uh, that place and that spot on the dais as the uh, Supreme Court comes into session. But two in particular that are uh, coming up this week are immigration issues and prayer in public schools. To help us break all that down, we have M. Wynn, of course, who is an ABC News correspondent based here in Washington, D.C. And, Em, it's actually great to be in your neck of the woods this time. Thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. I noticed you said that. I was like, oh, you're here. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's start with immigration, then I want to move to some of the uh, the other issues there. Uh, tell us where we are in terms of, uh, I understand we had oral arguments today uh, on the migrant protection protocols. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So today the Supreme Court heard oral arguments on Biden versus Texas. And this is the case on whether the Biden administration validly ended the Trump administration's Migrant Protection Protocols Program, or MPP, and it's also referred to as the Remain in Mexico policy. Now, remember, the Biden administration, when President Biden uh, was inaugurated, he tried to scrap a Trump-era rule that sent asylum seekers back to Mexico to wait for trials in the U.S. And the administration has said that the program exposed migrants and refugees to unnecessary dangers in Mexico. So to break it all down for today, you're going to need to know two things on the opposing side. So when the Biden administration tried to scrap this uh, Trump-era policy, um, the Missouri and Texas actually sued the administration. And that's why we're here in the Supreme Court. So the states today argue twofold. On one hand, that the administration didn't follow the right procedures when terminating the policy. That one's pretty clear. They just want the administration to go through the right steps to terminate a policy, although it may take some time. Number two 
is that the Immigration and Naturalization Act, or in short, INA, requires the government, this is what they were saying, requires the government to detain uh, migrants at the border, and if they can't detain them at the border, then they must be sent back. Now, remember that wording there, requires and must, because the justices had brought up the exact text for the INA, and that's basically that it says the government shall detain unauthorized migrants and that the authorities may parole migrants in the U.S. or return them across the border when it's determined to be a public benefit. And so the justices were very wary of the words that were used. And so the text, when it says shall detain or may parole or may return, as well as how to define public benefit, those were all questions that the justices brought up. And so ultimately, there were justices like Brett Kavanaugh who said the meaning of benefit is the heart of this case. And that if the administration were to prove that it was a significant benefit to allow migrants to be in the U.S. while they waited for trial, then technically the Texas side would lose. And that's something that uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett had brought up as well. Uh, fascinating. And uh, all of this, of course, as uh, things continue to heat up uh, on all things immigration and things at the border, including Title 42, uh, we'll continue to keep our eyes closely on that one. Uh, and then I want to shift gears now and uh, look at this uh, very fascinating case of prayer uh, in schools, the case involving a, a high school football coach. Uh, what do we know now that we didn't know before the day began? Right. So the Supreme Court, this is their latest religious liberties case. And in this case, it's kind of interesting because it all started years ago. There was this high school football coach. His name is Joe Kennedy. And in 2008, he started to pray on his own in the midfield area after these high school football games. And soon some players started to join in. They said, hey, do you mind if we join in for this prayer? And he said, well, you know, it's a free country. You can do whatever you like. And so the district at that point, once they saw a lot of students and players joining in with the coach, they said, huh, this seems to be crossing a constitutional line. So to remember what the First Amendment is, of course, it has the free exercise clause, which is the freedom of um, expression of religion. But that was pitted against the establishment clause, which says that you prohibit the establishment of a religion. And so the school district argued that the prayer wasn't a private act of faith. It's a public school, remember, and that it violated constitutional guidelines around the promotion of one's faith. And just to kind of give you a better idea of the precedent that had come up in the past, in 1962, there was a Angle versus Vitale, and it said that the school-sponsored prayer in public schools is unconstitutional. And that was the majority opinion that schools can't have prayer in school because it was a promotion of one faith of the establishment. And so this is coming up because he was praying at the 50 yard line after the games. And so the justices during their oral arguments had questioned the public nature of Kennedy's display of prayer and whether or not the post game prayer fell within the hours of Kennedy's job. Um, and we heard from Justice Sotomayor, who said, quote, I don't know of any other religion that requires you to do it at the 50-yard line. So this went on back and forth between uh, both liberals and conservatives. Ultimately, though, at the end of the near two hours of arguments, which was more time than we initially expected, there was a compare and contrast of hypotheticals. The, con- the conversation kept going between the justices. And ultimately, it seemed as if they were... Um, citing a little bit closer to Kennedy's argument, which, remember, this is a very conservative Supreme Court. 
Uh, fascinating. Great behind-the-scenes analysis there, and appreciate your perspective on both of those situations. Uh, they will have significant impact uh, on our communities and country. Uh, we'll continue to watch those and uh, check in with you in the days ahead. Uh, em, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Boyd. So some, some really great perspective there from Ann Wynn uh, from uh, ABC News, correspondence based here in Washington, D.C. Uh, and again, I think the arguments are so interesting uh, in these cases, especially this ability to uh, bring your faith with you into the public square. What does that mean? How does that balance against the establishment clause if you're doing it at a public high school, if you're a teacher at a public high school? Uh, there are so many interesting details and nuances to that that we're going to continue to get to the nuances because that's where we have to think again. Uh, that's where we can find the balance. That's where we can find the things that will move us forward as a nation. Think again with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.